0: You all know by now that at least two OU football players have been suspended by the Oklahoma Athletics Department. Those players are Trajan Bridges and Seth McGowan. The school has not named the student-athletes at this time, but sources confirmed to my employer, News 9, that Bridges and McGowan are indeed suspended. Further, the school released a statement Friday saying they're aware of a matter that may involve Oklahoma student-athletes, but the school did not say what the matter was. Saturday, Kerry Murdoch at Sooner Scoop reported that archived police scanner audio revealed Bridges and McGowan as suspects in an alleged robbery last Thursday night at a Norman apartment. Kerry put together a very detailed timeline of the events from the police scanner audio, which you can read on Sooner Scoop. Also credit to John Hoover at SI Sooners for initially breaking the story Friday that Oklahoma had suspended some student athletes that happened to be football players. This is a dicey situation because, yes, we do know the names of the players who have been suspended by the school, and yes, we know that these players are suspects in an alleged robbery. However, discussing all the details surrounding the alleged robbery is off the table because the investigation is ongoing. Nobody has been charged, and nobody has been arrested. To speculate about what happened last Thursday night or what could happen in the future, would be inappropriate because we don't have all the facts on hand at this time. So aside from everything I've said so far, there's not much else to say on the show today regarding this situation. I'll ask Grant if he has any comments, but other than that, I do not expect us to go much further talking about Bridges and McGowan. That may change. Things always seem to change when the show gets going, and if it does, Grant and I will make sure to treat this story with the respect it deserves. I'm Lee Benson. This is West of Everest.
1: I feel a group of guys who want to be the best. And, you know, that's the biggest difference. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like what we, we're going to achieve a lot more just be simply off the mentality that we want to be the best. Because now with that mentality, there are certain things that we don't allow anymore that we used to allow. Like, like there's a certain standard of excellence that we hold each other to day in, day out that I wasn't here before. There's a standard of excellence that our coach holds us to. And our coach holds us, too, that wasn't here before. You know what I'm saying? Not not to bash anybody or anything like that, but just that's just how it is now. It's, it's a standard. We ain't have a DB go first round since Andre Warfolk when I was in '03. 03. I don't know if the other guy, but that's a chip on my shoulder, you know what I'm saying? And, and that, and I try to let that chip spark and motivate the whole, the whole unit, you know what I'm saying? And understanding that, yo, it's possible that we can do this. And so I feel like that is just the difference, you know what I'm saying? Just the mentality, the grit, and the want to.
0: That was redshirt senior Justin Royals Monday afternoon talking about the difference in the DB room now compared to when he got to Oklahoma as a freshman back in 2017. I wanted to discuss those comments with Grant here in a moment. When we bring him in for the first time, also want to go over the plan for the show today. I'll run down some of the most interesting things I've heard or I've seen since our last episode last week. Kind of similar to what we uh, what we did last time out, and also Grant and I will look ahead to Saturday's spring game and let you know what we what we'll be watching for. And as always, I want to remind you all that you can interact with us on the West of Ever's Facebook page, and if you like the show and want to leave us a rating and or a review on iTunes. That is always appreciated. So, with that, let's bring in Grant for the first time today. Grant, you can either tell us how you're doing today in Minnesota, or you can comment on that Justin Broyles intro that we played at the top. Whatever you want to do. I'm more surprised that
1: Justin Broyles is still a thing, right? Um, hey, last week Lincoln Riley said he's having a great, great spring practice. Yeah, and you know, I, I guess I, I don't, I don't mean that pejoratively. Um, we just all sort of wrote him off, right after he was. Absolutely torched by Justin Jefferson in the Peach Bowl. In retrospect, maybe that wasn't so fair, uh, seeing as that Justin Jefferson is probably one of the ten best wide receivers on the planet. But still, I don't know. It's kind of you know. Th- typically, when I think this is his fifth his fifth season in the program, and typically when that happens, and you haven't been a big time starter or contributor, the chances that you're going to you know going to be are not great. So I'm trying to think of other examples of. Like someone like Justin Broyles, who who maybe you know didn't live up to expectations, didn't didn't really have much of a role, and and but then sort of recovered and had a had a nice senior season. And if any other listener can think of anyone else, please let me know. But the only name I can think of is Gabe Lynn, uh, who was kind of a whipping boy his first few years on campus. He got beat a lot playing corner, uh, switched to safety his senior year, and he had a really nice senior year. That was the year they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Uh but other than that I I really I literally can't think of anyone else. Uh where where that's been the case. Well if he gets added to the Chris Bolton list, maybe. Uh, okay, yeah. But he also was- that was a historically terrible defense so I mean how much credit are we going to we going to give there. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean this would be a a great time for Justin Broyles to jump into that category of a player who was mostly uh, a non factor his career up until the very end because like we've heard and, and like what he said on Monday, this defensive backroom is at a standard. The standard's higher than it's ever been since they've been there. Uh the comments we played, it I mean he said he said, yo, no disrespect to anybody else. But I mean he specifically mentioned that the coach has have has a higher standard than before and they all want to be the best and it just feels different to him. And I know talk is cheap. I mean how many times over the years have we heard Talk, talk, talk about the Oklahoma defense. But this is different considering that this is going to be year three of Alex Grinch, and we've seen measurable improvement over the last two seasons from this Oklahoma defense. I think it's fair to say from 2019, obviously it was much better than it was in 2018. In 2020, a season ago, I think that was a better defense overall than it was in 2019. Obviously, early on in the year, it was shaky, but after the first three games, the defense played a lot better. And so it's Reasonable to expect going into year three of Grinch that the defense can keep improving and be the best unit that Alice Grinch has had, is it not, Grant? Yeah, it's I mean, reasonable I th- expectation,
1: I... right? Twenty twenty one being the best defense that Grinch has had at OU. I
2: right.
1: mean, I would. I mean, I would say you're. That's that's a pretty low bar. I mean, yeah, that's that's extremely reasonable. Um but I mean more thinking on it. It's like I'm not I, there's no part of me at all that is root that is rooting against Justin Broyles. I think this is gonna be a good defense this season. It's only a good thing that you have a fifth year senior who is able to play multiple positions. Um and clearly is he's not a guy who has looked to transfer or anything like that. So clearly he's a team guy, he's a program guy, he's an OU guy. Um and you know, I guess yeah, I've I've sort of talked myself into now just I'm I'm kind of rooting for the Justin Broyles thing right now. Um I think that would be a nice little surprise, actually you know, for, for the defense this season. And like that, that, that's, that happens on, on good defenses, sort of random people sort of pop out and like, Oh man, he's, he's having a really good season. Um, One of those things where it's like, you know, the sum of the parts is greater just than that one person. Um, Perhaps he can, perhaps he can have a good senior season. I don't know. It's Lincoln Riley is certainly saying something or saying perhaps he is. And we've known the history here that if they pick you to talk to the media, they do that for a reason. A lot of the time Um, whether or not that's to send a message to other people or to give you some sort of marker of where you are in the program I don't know but it's they're saying something by picking him to talk to the media so Burroughs was asked
0: why he's having a good spring and his his reasoning from his perspective is that he thinks or he says that he's taking a lot more serious the mental aspect of the game just understanding the process being present in the moment and just kind of cutting off all of the outside stuff, the thinking, uh, you know, overthinking. Um, and so he said he's doing mental preparation now, and the sports psychology of the game has helped and allowed him to unlock and take his game to another level this spring. And so that's what he said on Monday. So we'll see on the spring game if he stands out at all. Also, what I found interesting is that this spring he's been playing exclusively at free safety that's what he said on Monday and we know that Pat Fields has been out I'm not sure if Pat Fields has even been back at all it's now we're in the latter portions of the spring the initial report or the initial uh, I guess uh, message from Lincoln Riley was that he was going to miss most of if not all the spring so we haven't asked Lincoln or Alex Grinch if, if Pat Fields has been back on the field I don't know that but it sounds like uh, Justin Broyles is one of those players who is filling in in that free safety role quite a bit. So in that sense, I'm kind of curious if he's getting a lot more reps. I don't know if he's been the one at free safety. I don't know if he's the two with Key Lawrence or if both of them are still, you know, mixing positions and cross training, as they say. But I'll be curious to see what happens on Saturday if he is the exclusive free safety. I guess there's two teams.
1: So he'll probably be out there starting at free safety in one of them. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm going to be looking at that for sure. Um, and I've been trying to sit here and, and dig through the the reaches of my mind, thinking to myself, "Jeez, man, is I, Justin Broyles getting a lot of run here? Is that telling us something as well uh, about some of those maybe some of those younger guys?" It doesn't need to be anything drastic or something that we need to overreact about. It is spring, um, and as a as a as a fairly like an emotional volatile guy, and I am. Um, I you know it's. A lot of the times, it's really, really easy to just get kind of caught up in the in that exact moment. And whereas sometimes you need to remind yourself, it's it's spring. You know, Justin Broyles being a free safety right now really doesn't mean anything at all. Um, chances are, right? Because in the spring, a lot of the times you're just looking for bodies. And if you sort of read between the lines of what coaches have said, what players have said over the course of the media availability during spring they They have been pretty banged up there there's been a lot of guys clearly who have missed time with with injuries and whatnot, and so i I think yeah, I think with the spring, it really is about having healthy bodies back there. You have Justin Broyles, who's in the third year of this system now, so he I, obviously he knows it better than sort of the young pups that are that are at that position as well so i you know i I don't know i i think I think they're definitely setting up potentially a, a justin Broyles character arc here you know where he's he, he has maybe a pretty decent a char- season a character arc <laughs> hey it's all hey it's you know you gotta life's a stage right yeah exactly you gotta you have to describe you know life in in ways that help you understand it any way you can so um
0: but yeah I, I, and then i and then disagree I'm, go ahead i was gonna say i'd have to disagree with your uh the, the thought that there's been a lot of players banged up. I haven't gotten that sense, at least from the, the Zooms. I mean, here and there, there's like small injuries and whatnot, but I haven't gotten the, the feeling that there's a bunch of guys that are just missing time outside of the, you know, Pat Fields. And, I mean, who else am I missing? That they Pat Fields, Woody up?
1: Washington, Theo Weiss. Um, I think uh, Calvin Thibodeau in his, in his availability today said that Jalen Redmond has been banged up. Yeah, he said
0: he's been slowed a bit by some knick knack injuries, but I mean, that doesn't mean he's missed a bunch of time. I mean, maybe uh, he's missed you know, a practice I've, or two,
1: but you know, there's there, there's there's pretty there's word out there that Jaden Hazelwood has been pretty limited and pretty slow with his knee over the spring. Um, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I think, uh, but the, like I said, this is one of those things where you have to kind of look forward and not get too caught up like in the now in the moment. And I'm going to be talking about that a lot more when we sort of move on to this next topic um but yeah i mean it's like i I guess to me right now it it feels like it feels like they're at the end of spring practice there's guys nicked up i don't i i really don't expect to see a a lot of guys on saturday i think there's gonna be a lot of guys who don't play on saturday um but i may be wrong i may be wrong i I just i I think yeah the sort of the vibe that i've gotten lately is that it's it's kind of time for spring practice to be over
0: yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, you're right. Uh, Saturday will give us a pretty good indication of who's in, who's out, maybe. And obviously, they're going to be overly cautious. If anybody is kind of banged up, they're probably not going to play. So, yeah, that's a good point. It's it'll be a good measure to see who's been maybe uh, struggling with with practice, with missing practice time because of injuries.
1: And yeah, I mean, there's going to be, and we'll we'll you know we'll talk about that more when we go into what we want to see happen in the spring game. But yeah, I mean, there's there's dudes on this roster right now. There's just there's no reason for them to play there's outside of getting reps which you know i i don't think are that particularly valuable in a spring game um we'll see so before we move on to uh me asking you about
0: the bridges mcgowan stuff i did want to hit on one more thing that Broyles talked about in that intro comment we played and he brought up andre wolfolk as the last defensive back to get drafted in the first round from ou all the way back in 2003 and that's correct. It was uh, the Titans took him at the very end of uh, the first round back in '03, And the year before that, in 2002, Roy Williams was taken in the top 10 by Dallas. Everyone uh, knows that Roy Williams was a stud, obviously. But, but after Andre you Wolfolk, know, there's, there's not been any first-round picks. That's, that's crazy to me, right, Grant? I mean, the closest they've had to a first-round pick ever since 2003 was there's been multiple third-rounders, but they haven't had anybody even in the second round Yeah, Derek's secondary draft Derek pick.
1: Strait and Aaron Colvin went in the third round, right? Colvin was a fourth-round pick. Oh, who so, was the third? So
0: Derek Strait was a third-round pick in 2004. In 2008, Reggie Smith was a third-round pick. And in 2011, Quentin Carter was a third-round pick. And you're going to have to explain this one to me because this is back whenever I wasn't watching much OU – but in 2012, Jamel Fleming was a third-round draft pick. Yeah, Jamel Jam, Jamel Fleming was
1: was pretty good his last year at OU. He, he oh, had a okay. really he had a really good season. Okay,
0: so the, and, and Aaron Colvin in 2014 was a fourth-round draft pick. Uh, the last Oklahoma defensive back to get drafted, just drafted at all, was in 2016. That was Zach Sanchez, and he was a fifth-round pick. So Oklahoma was gone 2017, 18, 19, 20 four straight drafts it's going to be probably five straight drafts i mean yeah, be definitely five straight drafts where they're not going to have a defensive back drafted uh in the first well okay hold on they could get let's see trey, trey norwood, norwood could get drafted trey norwood i guess could get drafted i don't think he will uh, but good could. i, 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 oh, I think oh, trey brown's t- got a better chance
1: trey brown i i'd be willing to bet a pretty decent sum of money that trey brown is going to get drafted i, I think I, I think he's definitely going to get drafted
0: so, yeah, the, the streak could end here. Trey Brown could get drafted. I don't think Trey Norwood will. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, no first-round picks. So, I was thinking, wow. I mean, in hindsight, we always talk really highly of, obviously, Brent Venables. And we've discussed it many times on this podcast. Oklahoma you know, Sooner Nation has discussed. Man, it'd be great if he was still here because he's done so great at Clemson. I went and looked. Since he's been at Clemson, he's been there since 2012. And Grant, he has not had one defensive back drafted in the first round. Did you?
1: Would you? Is that surprising to you? Are Surprise you, me. I'm I'm kind of calling BS a little bit on that. I think you maybe need to check your sources. Like, I, I, I don't believe that. No, just because I th- I mean there was a guy just recently who got drafted in the first round. I thought. No, I mean
0: according Unless, to Wikipedia, guess, they have everybody every draft pick. All the DBs since 2012. Can technically, you, uh, it'd be 2013.
1: Name the most recent ones and go backwards.
0: All right. The, the most recent DB they had drafted was in 2019. Let me find it real quick for you. Trayvon Mullen was
1: a second-round pick. Okay, yeah, that was the guy I thought went in the first round. So, um, And, you know, I guess I know Isaiah Simmons is technically a linebacker, but he basically played nickelback for for Clemson. So, right. yeah. you know.
0: I mean, he's a he's a hybrid. He's a hybrid player. But uh I thought that was crazy. Uh in 20 f- 2016, they had a second round pick, Mackenzie Alexander to the Vikings. Vikings um, fans don't
1: love him. I know that. I mean, he's not there. I think he's I think he was with the Bengals this past year, but doesn't matter. Okay, we 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 don't need to talk about Clemson's Players getting drafted. That's
0: no, we don't. I just I thought that was interesting. I mean, you'd think I. I bet most Oklahoma fans. I know I did. Would probably look over at Clemson since 2012 and think they've had probably you know two or three first round defensive backs. Nope, zero. But obviously, they've had a lot
1: of defensive linemen drafted in the first round. Makes me wonder. Like I, I, and this is me just totally coming out of left field. This is going to be the last thing I say on this. Since Nick Saban has gotten to Alabama. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to learn if, like, half of the first round picks since 2009 have been, al- like, first round picks as defensive backs have been Alabama players. Like, it wouldn't surprise me to figure, to find that out in the least bit. Because, I mean, at the most, I think you're probably talking about, I'm sure, like, the most DBs drafted in the first round is probably, what, like, five or six in the last decade, I would guess. And that's, that's a lot. That's maybe pushing it. Total? Yeah, in the first round
0: i uh, i mean i would say i'd guess higher than that in the last decade i mean i, I know like how fuller w- was a first round draft pick
1: for the i'm Bears. talking I mean, i'm talking mean, like per year what do you think is the most that of- oh per per year i thought you meant like in total no in I'm ta- like i'm trying to think like since so nick saban was was his first year was 2009 I'm trying to think of all of the first round dbs drafted in that span it wouldn't surprise me if half of them were alabama players yeah it wouldn't surprise me either but we don't I mean, that's that's just a, that's just very, very deep cut college football, you know, chicanery there. All right. So do you have anything that you want to add on to what
0: I talked about in the opening take about the Trajan Bridges, Seth McGowan situation?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think um, good on you. First of all, you're you're kind of you're doing the big J journalist thing and you have to. And that, that's totally fine. Um, I think it's I think it's appropriate for you to say you know we're not really going to comment on anything further, Um, and I, I you know I'm not going to do that you know it's it's I don't need to sit here and, and lecture people about why being involved in armed robberies allegedly is bad everyone knows that's bad so I'm not going to sit here and get on my high horse and, and do all that Um, what I do want to do is because sort of the bit of this show right is that you have the journalist angle and I I have the fan angle and so. Um, this has been a really, it's, it's been weird finding out this news. And I, I, I kind of want to maybe speak from a fan's perspective here just because this, is, this, this is not welcome news. Nobody is happy to hear any of this at all. Um, and so I just, I just, just kind of wanted to, uh, to communicate my disappointment. This really sucks. You know, it's, 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 it's never fun. Uh, when stuff like this is connected to the program, it, it, it never looks good. Like, obviously it's, it's not good for these, you know, individual human beings who have seemingly been caught up in some really bad stuff, clearly. Um, but also at the same time, I mean, it sucks. There's they're, they're part of a team that's supposed to be, you know, greater than one person. And, um, I don't want to say like, yeah, like I don't want to lecture kids or whatever. I I mean, I don't care about that. Um, but these are two guys that were expected to be fairly, you know, fairly large contributors. And I'm mostly speaking of Trajan bridges here, uh, on a national championship contending team. And that's not going to happen anymore. They're, they're gone. They're, they're not going to be on this team. Um, and that's just, it sucks. So you're, you're calling it now, huh? Yeah, I'm calling it. I'm calling it. There's a, there's a gun involved. They're not going to be on the team. Just period. Um, and if they are, there's a, there's a problem. There's a problem. Um, so basically where I want to come from is I talked earlier about not living too much in the moment and just keep telling yourself that it's spring practice, it's spring practice. Um, because the, the truth is in July, you know, four, four months, three and a half months from now, this maybe is something that we don't really think about that much. Um, but also at the same time, I, I think it really does, it is important to point out, you know, I mean, there's, there's people in this program who think Trajan Bridges is the best wide receiver on the team. Um, and he was expected to be a, a big-time contributor. This is a kid who had, he's already been suspended for large chunks of his career. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to, sp- yeah, I, I can't speculate on anything else. But um, that's really disappointing. And, and right now, I wanted to bring it up because last week, one of the themes was, and it's been the theme on this show throughout all of spring practice, about how, how good the vibe is around the program. Uh, there's just so much positivity, guys saying the right things, guys doing the right things. Um, And then something like this can pop up. And it feels like to me, and this is an emotional take, and that's why I wanted to come at it from a fan's perspective. It feels like that momentum has been blunted uh, almost completely. And so when I say 10 minutes ago, it's like, "Eh, it kind of, it's Sort of the the bit that I get from the players listening to them talk this past week is that it's it's kind of time for spring practice to be over, and <clears throat> I, th- I think the Bridges and McGowan situation is is, is a perfect symbolic metaphor for that. Where it, yeah, it, it's time it's time for this maybe to be over for now. Get these kids into class, the weight room. Uh, it's because let, let's just it's let's move past this because it's it's not good. It's 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 really not good what happened. So. Um, like I said, disappointed, disappointed. You don't like what else can you say about it? I haven't heard. I, I haven't seen really any sort of, you know, attitude in the fan base that is saying, oh, you know, keep this guy or keep these guys. I, I really haven't seen that at all. Um, but, you know, on a team that we I, th- I think we were all super, super excited uh, this spring because everything was going right. Everything looked good. And then sort of in the last, in the last week or so that has been completely flipped upside down, at least from my perspective. So the, the bridges and McGowan thing happens. Um, you know, I, I start to take notice more of, of them given hints that people have been banged up and injured a lot. Uh, talk that, talk that the defense has just been absolutely dominating the offense and, in, in spring practice. Uh, I don't know. It's it's sort of maybe it's time for uh, you know just for everyone to take a bit of a break and uh, come back in the summer and we can we can sort of just uh, jumpstart this thing again and, and get the positive vibes going. Maybe I'm just totally alone in this. Um, but yeah, the the part of this that really bugs me is that I just I really hate bad vibes. I I don't like them. It's toxic. Um, and I, I generally speaking as a human being, you should do everything in your power to get away from toxic, bad vibes, uh, because, uh, it's going to consume you. It will consume you. And, you know, I'm, I, when stuff like this comes out, you're hoping that it's taken care of quickly so it doesn't consume the team. Um, and that's really, all I got to say about it. It's, it's disappointing. It's, it's, it's stupid and it's disappointing. Um, and I'm kind of upset that we're at the point where we have to talk about it. Uh, it's that dumb, but uh, may- maybe this is just sort of my final word on it. Um, it's it's something, honestly, I don't really want to think about a lot. Um, it- it- it's probably best if, if-, if these two guys are-, are just done and we move on.
0: All right, so I'm not really going to comment on a whole lot of the things you commented on because uh, we're still waiting for this to be resolved. It's under investigation again. Nobody's been charged. Nobody's been arrested, and uh, nothing's been public. As far as you know, what the what potentially the future of these guys could be. So uh, that's you that you know that that's your thing, uh, your, your thoughts. I I'm not going to really go into details at all about the vibe or anything like that. Uh, but um, and and also I I really don't I, I will say this I I don't I don't know if this is going to really affect anything on Saturday. Um, I in fact I I don't think it really will at all. I I, I think because. These guys are going to get a chance to go out there and play in the spring game. It's the closest thing to live football that these guys have had since the Cotton Bowl, and it's the last time they're going to get something like this until September. So, I think they're all going to be really excited to play the spring game, as, as you know, as excited as you can be. And I think it's going to be fine. And it's not this is not going to be really a factor at all in the spring game on Saturday. Uh, but I think you're probably yeah, right. The-
1: I think you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's why I keep that's why. I- you know, I keep bringing up the caveat of let's, you know, let's maybe look forward and not live too much in the moment because in the moment it's frustrating. It sucks. Uh, but like I said, in July, it's possible that we just don't even think about it anymore. Um, and so of course, I mean, we, we all hope that this just has, that this has zero effect on, on the upcoming 2021 season. Um, right.
0: Yeah. And, uh, it's, and you talked about, you're saying, Oh, you know, maybe in the summertime, this will be something that's not even, anything we're talking about, which the implication there is it'll be resolved and either, you know, they're still suspended or they're not suspended or they're, you know, whatever the heck they're going to decide. Uh, you know, as far as this expects the team, this affects the team, you know, after spring practice ends and the summer comes, uh, comes along, it's just all going to you know depend on this internal investigation. It's all going to depend on this police investigation and at what time there's some sort of resolution. And so, what I wanted to do, since you talk about, you know, Big J journalism, I, I thought, okay, let's look back at some historical precedent. And obviously, Riley's only been the coach now. This will be, what, year five for Lincoln Riley, 17, 18, 19, 2021. 20, uh, so this hasn't really happened to Lincoln Riley as a coach at Oklahoma. But I did find that uh, a somewhat comparable so- story that, you know, Oklahoma fans will remember this uh, in the summer of 2017. Will Sunderland was indefinitely suspended. He was a a defensive back on the team. And it was just a couple of weeks after Bob Stoops retired and Lincoln Riley took over as the head coach that Sunderland was charged with a misdemeanor and then later charged with a felony within a week. And then he was arrested and Oklahoma indefinitely suspended him uh, after Sunderland's first charge. Now, he didn't play for the Sooners in 2017. And then in January of 2018, it was he announced that he was going to go and play football at Troy. So I don't remember if there was any official announcement in the summertime of, of yes this this guy is off the team. If they just kind of, I, I don't think, I think there it's will
1: like, I don't think there will be an announcement at all. I, I don't yeah no it's I, I think it when and if we find out it's it's going to be journalists breaking it. I, I like I highly doubt and if if they do release any sort of statement it'll probably be really vague like the one that they released on Friday. Right, and I just I if I you know memory
0: serves, I just I'm thinking you know, fall camp began in 2017, and Will Sunderland wasn't on
1: the roster, and it's like okay, let's put two and two together. There you go. Uh, Yeah, yeah, and and I I guess where I would where I would push back, and this is not really much of a pushback. I I I had forgotten about the Will Sunderland thing, and like (laughs) probably a good thing. Um, but I you know what's what's alleged here is is orders of magnitude more serious, dangerous. Um, like I said, I mean, there's, I mean, the, the information is out there. There's lots of speculation, but we do know there is a, there was a gun involved. There was a gun involved. And I don't think that was ever the case with Will Sunderland. I think that was some sort of, that was like petty theft, wasn't it? Of somebody's dorm room. Uh, I I didn't,
0: I didn't write that down. It was, there was one misdemeanor and one uh, felony. Yeah. Charge.
1: So I just, yeah, I'm and like not a legal expert at all, but I don't need to I don't need to be a legal expert to know if there is a firearm involved, that is federal prison territory. Like that's not even that's not even a slap on the wrist, I'm gonna I'm you know, I'm gonna transfer somewhere. That's like, yeah, you're going to prison, man. Sorry. So
0: Okay, so I but I the, I didn't bring up Will Sunderland to compare the charges and or whatever. What I'm trying to get an idea of is a timeline of when a potential resolution could be, because that's what we're wondering is like, when could this end? And so this is the only thing that's kind of comparable. And what's interesting about the case with Will Sunderland is that uh, court documents stated that his misdemeanor and his felony occurred in March of 2017. And then he wasn't charged until June. So it took roughly about three months to investigate all of that, which then led to the charges and then his arrest. So in this case, with Bridges and McGowan being suspects in an alleged robbery, you know they've already been suspended from you know at Oklahoma without being charged and without being arrested. So in the Sunderland situation, um, you know I, I he had he was not suspended until he was charged. So I, I mentioned all of this to bring up that you know this police investigation could take months, uh, which it could leave a cloud over the football program into the summer if this matter is not resolved and you know so yeah it's, it's not an ideal situation for anybody involved and you know one final note I, I do I do know that Chris Robison 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 he was also dismissed from the team in August of 2017 just a couple of months two and a half months after the Sunderland thing uh, he was arrested after the spring game in 2017 for public intoxication. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what else he did to get kicked off the team, but then you know, so that's another situation. That, wait where Oklahoma announced like, yeah, he's he's gone. Whenever that that happened back in I, uh, August of 2017.
1: Honestly, yeah, I, n- I never got the story on Robinson. I think kind of the consensus was that he's just a massive knucklehead, and he was he was dumb, did a lot of stupid things. Whatever, whatever that means, I, think, I don't know. I think he's also off the FAU roster now too for. Yeah,
0: in August of last year, he was dismissed from FAU, <laughs> so uh, not uh, not the best college career for that guy. So, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to bring up kind of a, maybe there's some historical precedent to kind of compare and contrast, just to get an idea of the timeline. Not necessarily to compare and contrast the you know the allegations in this situation compared to what actually you know he was charged with Sunderland. I just was curious about how it all played out and. Uh, this is something that we'll just have to wait and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. My my final thing on it is that I, you know, I it's, in my mind, th- that I mean, they're they're done. There is there's going to be no resolution. That's just kind of where I am in my mind. Um, and maybe that's just me, just sort of emotionally preparing myself for annoyance of this story still being a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I, I'm. I'm really disappointed by the shift in the vibe uh, around the program when it was, you know, when it was looking really smooth and really great for a while. Um, but, you know, real life doesn't stop. Real life still happens. And one of the, uh, one of the more unfortunate realities, and it's, it's been a reality forever, is that 19 to 20-year-old men are really stupid. That's, just, that's, that's, a, that's sort of always been a thing. Oh, well. Oh, let's move on. Next up, I
0: have my list of things that have been interesting to me. In, in yeah, in, had have interested me, I should say, uh, since our last episode. You know, just to kind of give you an idea, essentially, when I'm watching and/or listening to these Zoom press conferences, if a coach or if a player says something that makes me go, hmm, okay, all right, that's something I didn't know, or maybe like, oh wow, that's pretty interesting. Oh, interesting, yeah. I'm putting a star next to those comments as I log it. So. Now that we're on the podcast, I can share these things with you all, you know, just in case maybe you've missed anything from the last week or so. And, you know, I completely understand if a lot of you or some of you don't have the time to sit down and watch through every single Oklahoma availability, of which there has been many this spring. I mean, every single time they do it, there's about there's two per week. Usually three or four guys talk and they talk for a minimum ten minutes. I mean, that's that's thirty-five to forty minutes of content. Per session, so probably closer to about an hour and a half per week. So I understand if you're not sitting down and astutely listening to every single comment, but we listen to it here at West of Everest, so you don't have to. And so I'll go through my list, Grant, and you can comment where you see fit. And if you have any thoughts uh, outside of my list, obviously you can say them as well. And I want to start with the offense. So I'll go offense first, then I'll go defense. And Lincoln Riley talked last week after we did our podcast. And this is obviously before all of the stuff with uh, McGowan and Bridges came out, so this was all before that. But uh, speaking about Spencer Rattler, the the vibe I got from Lincoln Riley is that Rattler he needs to improve his body over the summer, and they're they're already continuing that. Like that's something they started this spring, and also that Lincoln Riley is really hoping that Spencer Rattler does not simply get comfortable because now he's been in the program for a a couple of years now and he's already played a full year of football and so i have a soundbite that kind of sums this all up so let's listen to lincoln riley right now
2: you know we think there's a you know another level that he can go to um with his movements his body composition kind of all parts of it just 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 becoming more physically developed and having more capabilities physically and so You know that started with kind of the first phase of our off season before spring, and certainly will be you know continued to be addressed you know here in late spring and and throughout the summer. You know the thing he's got to continue to challenge himself to do mentally is you can't or you got to be careful and because if you do this you'll stop progressing. Is you can't say well okay I've already I've been a starting quarterback for the year I know this system like I my work ethic my study habits my focus in meetings all that my attention to detail. like, I'm good. Like, I got it. And no, you don't got it. You don't, in football, you never get it. It's it's a constant battle to get better. And so the starting point's way better. But if, and if he'll continue to work, you know, I would expect that he'll have improved in a lot of areas. But, you know, and he has so far, but he's going to have to continue to really work.
0: You know, I think clearly the last 25, 30 seconds of that is the most interesting part. Because that's a tale as old as time, right? You got your young athlete, stud athlete that's always been really good. And first year starting last year had a really successful, fantastic year. Definitely some downs, but a lot more ups. And inexperienced human beings like Spencer Rattler is, he's a somewhat experienced college football player now, but as a human being, he's inexperienced. And I mean, you and I were over 30 we're technically inexperienced obviously compared to anybody that's in their 40s or 50s or 60s or older than us. Well, Spencer Rattler is inexperienced in life compared to us and and more importantly Lincoln Riley. And the toughest thing about coaching and just getting through to young people is drilling down to them like, "Listen, I know you think you know everything and I know you think you're super smart, but trust me when I tell you you're not." And that's exactly what Lincoln Riley was saying there and as a coach, that's the thing that would definitely most make you afraid when you're looking at a really elite athlete, a really elite quarterback like Rattler, is you want him to always be hungry somehow. You have to figure out ways to keep him engaged and to make him think and know that, yeah, hey, yeah, you're still not that good, man. Even though it looks like you're pretty good, you have a long ways to go. And a generic example I can make that everybody understands at this point is look at a guy like Tom Brady, who's the best quarterback that's ever played the game. That dude's always hungry. There's never been a time where he's all, you know, he's thought like, yeah, I, I got this down and you know, maybe here and there he's kind of thought that when he's kind of feeling himself, but ultimately this is what brings him back every single year and makes him elite and the greatest of all time, because for whatever reason, he's always figuring out new ways to be better at football. And the challenge is getting a, whatever Rattler is 19, 20, 21 year old kid, to obviously, he's not going to have the same sort of level as a, a Tom Brady. That's crazy. But just getting to the point where, as a college kid, he is not just settling and being comfortable and realizing and, and thinking like, oh, yeah, I got this. We're good. Let's go win some games. So that's I, I think you probably agree with a lot of that, Grant. What do you think?
1: You think Riley is calling him out with any of that? Like, you mean just
0: uh, – yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that saying that publicly – is just a reminder to him I mean he Spencer Rattler walked into the room right I can't remember if he was right after Lincoln Riley that day I think he was so I mean Rattler heard everything and you know Rattler came in and and talked and I actually have some sound from Spencer Rattler that I wanted to play the most interesting thing I thought Rattler said and I'll just set this sound bite up by saying that uh, Spencer Rattler has very high expectations for himself in 2021.
2: I I don't try to set a roof on what I can do as a player on the field. I know my
1: coaches around me, I know my players around me will, will make me better every day at practice. So for me, it's just, you know, I'm not overstressing on anything. I just go out there and play ball. Um, of course, I wanna tighten up every single part of my game. I wanna get my physicality to the best it can be. And that'll come with time. We got time right now before the season and that's what I'm working on. Just everything I need to, and I want to be the most unstoppable quarterback, best quarterback in the country coming up to this year and put on a show and, and do it with
0: my guys. I, you know what? I, <laughs> I really enjoy listening to Spencer Rattler talk because he's got a calm, cool confidence in himself, which is not surprising. He's really good. But we talked about this when, we, when he first spoke I guess it would have been last year for the first time, where he just kind of had that He had that sort of cadence and it seemed like he knew that he was a leader on the team and a lot of things that Jalen Hurts had said probably seeped into him and he probably watched Jalen Hurts address the media. And obviously, Rattler's not the same as Hurts when he talks to the media, but he's, he's, uh, he's very good at it. He knows what he wants to say. He has a quiet confidence, a little cocky, but for the most part, he's backed it up on the field. Now, the whole thing is, will he back it up in year two when, I think nationally, and I haven't looked at the odds recently, but I'm going to guess that he's probably the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy this year. coming Yeah, he the was year. the
1: last I saw,
0: yeah. So he's got, I mean, just like this entire team has these massive expectations, he's got all this stuff on his shoulders. And I know that a couple of his teammates have already mentioned in the past, in relation to last year, about how impressed they were with him, knowing or seeing him go through 2020 with all of these high expectations of like he was being discussed as a Heisman contender before he had even been a starter at OU. I mean, he was in the top five, six or so like preseason Heisman odds. And I can't remember who talked about it. It might've been like Isaiah Thomas or it might've been Jeremiah Hall. I, you know, had mentioned like it was really impressive knowing that he had all these high expectations and a lot on his, you know, on his shoulders and he still played as well as he did as a redshirt freshman last year. So he has gotten, he's already earned the trust of all of his teammates it's just him getting to the point where he makes that jump from being really really good and I've said this before I think in 2020 to being elite and a no question first quarterback off the board in the next draft type player and that's going to probably determine whether or not Oklahoma makes the playoff and whether or not Oklahoma wins a playoff game let's start with that first since they haven't never done that before and then obviously let's get to the main thing the national championship it's it's mainly going to be where can Spencer Rattler get to? What kind of play can he, can he unlock for himself?
1: I think one of the things that you can definitely hang your hat on going into this next season is that it's not like Spencer Rattler hasn't been through adversity. He's uh, he, he showed a lot of grit last year in some games. And I know um, maybe we talked about it a lot at the time, but you know, in, in that first Iowa state loss, he played very well in that game. He was by far the best player on the field um and kind of in that game you know every single time that iowa state threw a jab like spencer rattler came right back and did it did it to them and uh he showed a lot of resilient a lot of resilience in that game um and not even to mention the texas game he got pulled and then he was put back in and then was was excellent the rest of the way so uh, yeah he I mean he's he does have a little bit gr- a little bit of grit in him and when i was listening to to that that clip you played i guess you know I don't have a ton of thoughts on it. I just, yeah, it struck me that he didn't he didn't mention anything about being in the film room, which I know you would have loved. Um, you know, he d- did mention the physical aspect, but I, I guess, yeah, I, I think at this point in time, if you're if if you're looking for something to be kind of, if you're looking for something on Spencer Rattler to, to be a negative or or something that that's bad, you really have to nitpick at this point in time. And I know at Oklahoma, especially the last handful of years, I mean, we, we have a certain standard that we have in mind for the quarterback position. Um, and it, Spencer Rattler can do all of that. He can do all of that, you know, outside of, you know, be a be a running back like Jalen Hurts was in 2019. But um, I think we're all excited about the steps that he can take. Um, you know, I, I joked to you last week after we got off the podcast and I was like, hey, man, that, that one sort of felt like uh, it was just we were playing a bunch of clips and then we were saying – Hey, did you see that time when Isaiah <laughs> Thomas said that thing in the press conference? That was cool, right? Yeah. That, um, was, whoo, whoo, that sounded pretty good. And um, a, lot of, a lot of that same energy from, from Spencer Rattler uh, the other day, for sure.
0: <laughs> All right. I don't have any more sound to play from the offense, but I do have a lot of bullet points, just things that I starred on my sheet as I was listening to the offense talk last week. Mainly Spencer Rattler, mainly Lincoln Riley. So a couple of things that I was like, okay, interesting. So I'll start with this. Rattler was talking about Marvin Mims, and he says that Mims has moved to the slot, and they can now use him in different ways. And I think back to last year, and I guess yeah, he was playing on the outside like all the time. So now they're kind of moving him around in the slot. So okay, interesting. Curious to see how that works out for him. I don't know if you have any. Do you want to add anything to that? I. I don't know. Maybe I could just. Here I'll roll through all these, and then anything that uh, stands out to you, you can jump in on. Yeah, this. I mean,
1: let me just. Yeah, I mean, talking about Mims there, I just like I'm. Why why wouldn't you play him in the slot? Why wouldn't you play him in in every position? Um, right. Yeah, I think he should be
0: somebody they move around everywhere.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things. You know, and, and hey, like it's Peyton Manning was really famous for. He he never wanted motion. He wanted people to be in the same spot every single time. You know, Marvin Harrison Man, was Matt always. Maggie,
0: Matt Nagy would have loved coaching Peyton Manning then. Ooh, yeah, that dude, well, that dude hates motion.
1: And so, but I, I'm I'm definitely the type of guy where it's like, I mean, geez, if you got a if you got a receiver who is clearly your best receiver, clearly one of your best playmakers, why wouldn't you just move him around to yeah. to a bunch of different spots? And you know what, they are going to do that. So, like, I yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's much really to take to take on that except for we Marvin Mims is great. He's really good. He's the best receiver on the team. Um, regardless of you know Jaden Hazelwood or Mario Williams or whatever, Marvin Mims is the best is, is the best receiver on this team. Um, so yeah, I mean they're 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 going to use Mims in a lot of really creative ways, I, I would assume coming up here. Um, but it, it it is nice to hear that you know that they're 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 starting those steps. The steps are being taken uh, to to make that a reality. So I, you know, I, I got I got to tell you, man, it's 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 hard for me. It's because it's still emotional. Like I, I just. The the bridges and McGowan thing just it in terms of like the offense it makes me sort of just like yeah, man my my enthusiasm is sort of dented a little bit just you know, I mean we're we're not we're, we're, yeah, we're I don't I don't have that at all I, I and I know I said I wouldn't comment on the emotional stuff but I, I mean Bridges didn't play last year I so I know and that's like, that's a totally that's a totally so, valid point yeah. totally valid point. But we are only just one week removed from Spencer Rattler saying that Trajan Bridges and Jaden Hazelwood were the two biggest playmakers on the offense. So, you know, um I'm I am i am thinking about it in pure uh morale uh quality type deal. Like, you know, it's yeah. this this offense is not gonna be better without Trajan Bridges. I, I don't think that's that's the case. Um and actually, you know, I just don't think that it, you're you're I, I n- none of your thoughts for like September of
0: 2021 though I I don't think should because I mean it's going to be resolved by then if not that would be very surprising. You're right. This so, is going to be a
1: totally different team yeah. by September. Like I mean, no, it's I mean it's not. There's the, they're going to have solutions and of course and I, I know it's a cliche at this point, but of course they can replace eight career catches or or whatever it is, or whatever it is. And actually, looking uh, looking forward, um, sort of looking forward into the future, if you kind of want to read the tea leaves a little bit. um all of sort of the, the usual suspects kind of dropping hints and stuff like that. Uh, it, it, it does sound like, OU maybe is in on another receiver in the transfer portal who just announced today, Lee uh, Mike Woods from Arkansas. Um, and like I said, a lot of, a lot of people dropping nuggets that this is, this is an Oklahoma thing. He's, he's going to come to Oklahoma. I don't know that at all. That's just kind of the usual suspects in my mind who drop hints are, are heavily hinting at that. Um, and I mean, I don't have, I don't have a t-
0: Is this privilege information no, or can you, no. can you cite your, no, your sources I'm, here? Cause I'm,
1: I'm fully pulling this from Twitter, 100% from Twitter and, and just sort of connecting the dots. Um, I, I did, I, Mike Woods was Arkansas's second leading receiver last year. He had over 600 yards on only 32 catches. Uh, he had five touchdowns and I, he, he has a pretty nice little highlight clip from 2020 on, on YouTube. He's good. He he's good He he's he's apt he absolutely would be okay you're all right you're you're just you're jumping way ahead of yourself here we're, we're I may maybe not- am. <laughs> but what if you know I, i'm just saying see this is the stuff that's fun we're in spring we can speculate all we want
0: hey man i just wanted to bring up that marvin mims is playing in the slot and then you're just you're going down a wormhole of transfer portal
1: and i <laughs> yeah but then i mean i i mean i can see the you know i can see the list in front of me we're going to talk about the running backs next so i gotta you know we gotta we, we gotta stick with the theme. We're talking about wide receivers.
0: Uh, all right, yeah. So th- you mentioned it. I, I, I don't o-
1: know that he's coming to OU. I, I know that he is a he is a fairly large you know portal guy, and OU just you know happens to have kind of an opening at wide receiver right now. That's that's all I'm saying.
0: That an alleged opening i mean the guys are suspended and that's all we know so you you have to make sure that you make that clear when you're talking because no i'm not a journalist
1: i'm not a journalist i don't i don't i don't care about that i am a i am a fan who will who will fire from the hip as much as i want to
0: (laughs) oh boy uh i have to have to mute your microphone um all right so you mentioned the running backs yeah spencer rattler talked about mikey henderson he said henderson's a big dude he can run and they've been getting him the ball in space. And they, he wants to see Henderson pop off this year. And so, it, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear. To, and Mike Henderson talked last week uh, for the first time. And, I mean, I might as well just uh, more on Henderson. I mean, he talked about how Lincoln Riley went to him right after the Cotton Bowl ended and asked him if he'd be cool with switching positions to running back, which it kind of makes you think, like, obviously during the season at some point, Riley was like, yeah, I kind of think this guy could be a running back. And let's just wait till the end of the year. And then, boom, immediately he went and talked to him. So in my mind right now, it's Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray, Mikey Henderson. Boom, boom, boom. That's a three-headed monster. Yep. And I am the, the hype train for Mikey Henderson. It's, I mean, it was already pretty good because we saw him last season when he had the football in his hands, made some plays. But potentially getting more work in the backfield is exciting. He's a, he's a good player. He's a really good player. So that's, that's kind of what interested me, just more Mikey Henderson talk.
1: And you know, injuries notwithstanding, I think you're you're absolutely correct. That's that's the three headed monster. And I think we're at the point now where it's like, I think we do kind of have to bake injuries into the cake a little bit. You know, there 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 are going to be instances where one of those three guys is banged up over the course of the season, you know, whoever it's gonna be. history just tells us that's the case. So um and at but, some I mean, point
0: during the spring let's say at some point in the spring, Riley mentioned that Marcus Major is has looked look good so i mean it's he's a believe it when we see it kind of guy obviously but i mean again he's the fourth guy and then you know depending on what happens with, with mcgowan you know he was a guy that was going to be fighting for the you know the the third spot with mikey henderson so again I, i'm not going to speculate on any of that stuff but you know the, the running back room is still deep and yeah i mean it's, like it's definitely more talented than it was last year at this yeah. time
1: like i said injuries notwithstanding that three-headed monster is pretty salty. And, and the best part about it is that's three guys with pretty different styles, too. You got, you got Kennedy Brooks, who is just kind of like a professional. He, just, he, he, he gets his yards, and we don't really know how, but he gets them. It sounds like Eric Gray is kind of more of a jack-of-all-trades, a guy who's a little more explosive. And we've seen Mikey Henderson. Mikey Henderson is just a freaking freight train. So, um I think that's cool. I like that. I, I really like the diversity there and the skill sets. Um, you just hope that a lot of other stuff can come together on the offensive line and everything is just working so that these guys can just kind of eat the entire season. And uh, you mentioned Eric Gray being explosive. Rattler said last
0: week that at practice he reverse field. He juked a linebacker and then took the ball 80 yards. And so... the <laughs> First of all, I thought, oh, that sounds cool. And also, my second thought was,
1: I wonder who the linebacker was.
0: I was going to say, yeah, I he didn't he mention juked.
1: that the linebacker was Brian Mead. I don't think he mentioned that. It's a joke. I'm joking. Oh, I thought you said he did mention. I just, uh, nah, no, he, he, he just totally forgot to mention that the linebacker that was juked out oh. of his pants was Brian Mead. Okay, Meade. I gotcha.
0: Sorry, that, that flew right over my head. My bad. Uh, man, just the the Brian Mead hate. That's it's, just... I know. That's it's, just... It's not right. Not
1: I, I feel I already feel kind of bad already. <laughs> uh, and the last thing I had, this is just a throwaway thought that I was like, kind
0: of like, huh, that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. But uh, Lincoln Riley said that Caleb Williams and also Billy Bowman, the guy that I'm, we talked about a couple weeks ago about how it sounds like the hype train for him was big. I haven't heard much about him since, but there hasn't been much defensive back talk. But anyways, both those guys, Williams and Bowman, they're, uh, they're early – enrollees for the spring they're taking college courses at Oklahoma obviously but also they're they're still completing some high school courses online I didn't know that was the thing that that happened like they're not done with high school yet but they're allowed to be here practicing and I guess I mean it's online so they can do it but anyways I for whatever reason that struck me as kind of weird I don't know have you heard
1: that before yeah I heard that about a week or so ago I didn't give much thought to it no like, have, you, than- have you have you heard about that like happening before, though. no, I've never heard of that. But like, I mean, you know, gosh, I can't believe I'm about to just deep dive into this. You know, there's like step programs and there's stuff like that, and it could be something <laughs> like this. Well, it's step um, programs. That's not yeah. that's not just a thing in Minnesota, and um, where you know where where high school seniors can take college classes, and I just I gotta think, especially over the last year or so, all of that has been online anyway. So, um. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it. it doesn't true. seem. It doesn't really seem a stretch to me that he would be taking college courses at OU, going through spring practice, while also still working towards graduation um, in high school. How I understood how the that whole thing worked as a senior in high school, I, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't work at all. I mean, it, it's a it's a very busy schedule for sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know. But I mean, everyone in mean, high school though is. is extraordinarily easy though so i mean they're they're gonna be fine uh yeah unless they're in a bunch of
0: ap classes and stuff man those are hard i uh i had a tough time with those ap classes a lot of the AP times history.
1: though a lot of the times though those AP, those ap classes the kids that take them they're they're in there for a reason and you know like i've i've just well, i've yeah. I've, met, I've just met way too many people in my life who they see stuff like that it's just it's that's nah, no big deal they just it's easy <laughs> you have a lot of smart friends
0: All right let's go to the defense. Uh, So the defense talked we heard from Justin Broyles very early on in the show. Uh, Calvin Thibodeau also talked and I'll start with this. So the most interesting thing I heard from Thibodeau is that Josh Ellison has been running with the ones all spring. I thought no good. Okay interesting. What does that mean? Um, And a week ago or last week Lincoln Riley was asked about just breakout players that he's seen in the spring and you know that's always a A pretty solid question to ask because it's one of those risky questions because a lot of coaches don't really want to name people. And if they start naming people, they'll just go through the entire roster because they don't want to single anybody out. So it's one of those questions that you ask hoping that you get some nuggets. And in this situation, I think we got some good nuggets. And Riley mentioned the first two names. He said were Jordan Kelly, who we talked to on Monday, and Josh Ellison. And then the third player he mentioned was Justin Broyles. So he went defense first and just, uh, I guess, crazily, all three of those guys then talked a few days later, which was Monday. So eh, that's kind of interesting. But uh, Lincoln Riley likes what you've seen from those guys. Uh, so Grant, uh, Josh Ellison, I don't know if there's anything to say about this, but just learning that he's been running with the ones, that to me, that tells me, like, okay, like, either they're decimated by injuries, which, I mean, okay, that would be bad, or he's been playing really well. I don't know. What what was your thoughts when you heard that he was with the ones?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I, I kind of started to game it out, and it makes sense if you think about it. It doesn't, you know, it's not surprising at all that they didn't just give Jalen Redman a starting spot back, you know, I'm sure. And then when you think about, because, you know, he's he's running with the ones, I'm assuming that's a three technique. He's not a nose tackle. Um, Yeah, I mean, who else is going to play there? I mean, when when Ronnie Perkins was on the field, Isaiah Thomas played three tech last year. So, yeah, it's... Ellison is kind of that guy, you know, right now. And that's, like, hearing, hearing Thibodeau say that, especially about Ellison and, and Kelly, that fires me up. That absolutely fires me up. Because these are guys that, you know, going into the year, I don't think the average fan is expecting them to be massive, you know, playmakers, game changers, and stuff like that. You know, we were we kind of thought that they were just really solid depth because we saw them last year, and they both played pretty well last year. Um, I just... What happens though if OU does like they're you know if they're second their second string defensive line? What if they come in and they're they're just as physically dominant and they do it, but I mean probably do it in different ways. Ellison and Redmond are different players. Jordan Kelly's a different player than than Perry and Winfrey. Um, but no, I I think like I said, I I can't really there's I don't have a ton of thoughts on this other than I sort of share sort of the fan love for josh ellison i think he kind of turned into a to sort of a guy kind of under the radar that fans really really liked last year because he just he has a relentless motor the guy he just he just goes and goes and goes and you know from a from a football perspective he's really good at shedding blocks and making tackles near the line of scrimmage um and that's if 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 you have a guy who you're not really counting on starting and he can come in and and reliably do that that's that's when you start. That's when you're starting to talk about a defensive line that is that is just flat out better than everybody else. And I, and I'm and if you listen to a lot to what a lot of these guys are saying, and this has been a theme throughout spring practice as well, in that room in that program, they think the defensive line is really good. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's I, and of course it's like I mean, we, we saw it with our eyes last season as well. And of course, just with another year of seasoning, a lot of those guys are going to be better. So you mentioned,
0: you know, who else could it be, you know, but, you know, they're not going to give Jalen Redmond his start starting spot back right away. Well, I have a soundbite to play from Calvin Thibodeau and he mentions the junior college transfer Isaiah Coe, but he also mentions a bunch of other guys. And so this kind of might give us an idea of, you know, who else could be there aside from Josh Ellison. And I thought this was a pretty interesting clip from Calvin Thibodeau just summing up his group and the expectations for this defensive line
1: I tell you a guy that's coming on he got you know he he didn't practice some of the earlier practices Isaiah Cole he's probably the most powerful guy in the group and he's he's just figuring out he don't know what he don't know but he's he's flashing and um I'm really excited about him um so so we 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 got a
0: core of guys and you know you look at Perion you you look at uh, you know, you expect them big things
1: out of him, and you know I talked about Josh, and you know you, you still got La'Ron and, and Corey, you know, and, 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 and you know you got Hicks coming off the injury. So, I mean, and then you know you know what Jayla can do. So, you know, it's our job to get the right guys out there. But man, I I've, I really feel like we we got a deep group, and it's not just having bodies; it's guys that can go in there and make plays. So, expecting big things out of the whole group.
0: I want to focus on that last part. It's not just bodies it's guys who when they put in there they expect to make plays it's not just oh this guy needs a breather let's crap we got to send this guy out here just to hopefully he doesn't mess up for a couple snaps while this other guy gets i mean it's it's legitimate like oh yeah we think we're pretty good at every single level that is pretty awesome
1: yeah <laughs> it is and let's 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 game it out a little bit and just only just talking about the interior defensive line the nose tackles and the three tech um Presumably, you know I think I think the two guys we're going to see at three tech the most this upcoming year, you know, are, are, are Redmond and uh, and Josh Ellison, and I think I we're at the point I think Leron Stokes is probably third behind those guys at at the three technique, and when you go to the nose tackle uh Winfrey obviously Jordan Kelly played a lot there last year Isaiah Coe who uh who Thibodeau has mentioned and then Corey Roberson is in there as well and I I, I'm not really sure where I I think he played a lot of three tech last year too and he was a guy who was impressive when he was in there um I yeah I'm 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 giddy about the defense um a lot of the stuff that we're that we're hearing out of the defense uh is 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 painting a pretty rosy picture for sure um and I'm I am i i I haven't felt this excited for a defense, what they're going to look like in a really long time. I mean, probably, probably the most excited I've been about a defense since, you know, since that 2009 defense that returned, you know, Gerald McCoy and Ryan Reynolds. And that was, and that was a great defense. They were very good. So, um, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I think this is the most capable defensive lineman though, that they've had in the program since the early two thousands. Um, I, I just, it's, very clearly, the recruiting has really paid off there. Um, yeah, and I again we haven't even mentioned Isaiah Thomas really yet. A guy who just uh, who was awesome last year. I've been on record saying I think he should have been the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year last year. He was a guy that I had kind of written off going into next year, and um, man, you love to see that. That's because that, that development is happening, and that's that's not a given at every program in the country at all. I mean. It, Just look at this defense over the last decade, and you know that's not a given.
0: And Isaiah Thomas's 2020 season, his breakout year, has motivated a lot of players in this locker room on the defensive line, specifically Jordan Kelly, who's also a fellow Tulsa guy. And he talked about that Monday, about how, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, seeing what he did last year, makes Jordan Kelly want to also do that and break out. And so he's kind of learned that okay, I got to go the extra mile. I got to work a little bit harder. He said he got a taste of it kind of last year a little bit and just getting the taste of being on the field a couple, you know, whatever, how many snaps he played made him want to work even harder to get more of a taste of it here in 2021. And so just, yeah, like seeing that development of a guy like Isaiah Thomas, it's amazing what that can do for all these other players who haven't played a whole lot at all since they've been on campus, seeing like, oh, if I actually work and get good, I can play. I'm not being held back. Because of maybe my status, or maybe I wasn't a five-star player or. Four. Like, if I'm good, I'm good, I just got to work hard, and they're going to put me in there.
1: Alex so has I, made I, I it. Only very. Go. Alex Grinch has made it very, very clear that if you are good enough to play, you will find yourself on the field at some point in time um I, I I wouldn't put it past Alex Grinch at all And even
0: if you're not that good you can find yourself on the
1: field yeah too. that's that's pretty yeah he likes there's to play a lot of players in this defense there's I, like I don't really think there's going to be such thing this season as a guy who is really good who just can't find the field that's not going to happen because we, we know how Alex Grinch operates uh, it's if he's got like a ton of guys that he thinks are really good and are playmakers I mean we, we may see wholesale changes a lot next year and if it works great I mean, it's already
0: difficult enough to, to watch every single snap of Oklahoma's defense and try to count snaps because, I mean, he runs, especially in the secondary, he runs people out all the time, new players. I remember trying to do that a couple games last year and just quitting in, like, the middle of the second quarter because, like, I just, this is going to take me two hours or more to do this, uh, which is that, you know, didn't happen for 2017, 2018, and it was, you're on the field. I mean, and they barely, yeah, took people off the field.
1: When we first started this podcast, um, I caught myself a lot of the times trying to be a little too precise with that when I was watching the games, um, especially on defense. I would really try to to look at the personnel and uh, just, you know, so I could come from, you know, a, a place of knowledge. That I know what I'm talking about. And I ditched that pretty quickly. Uh, just I kind of had to, you know, re- reteach myself. Just just watch the game. Enjoy the game live. It's, it's always going to be there you know, for you to go back and you can see all the, uh, you know, all the, you know, all the fun things happening with the X's and O's and all of that. Um, that actually brings up sort of an interesting thing. I, I always like to, to hear how people, how people watch live football games. I think you've asked me this question before. Um, like, what do you watch when the ball is snapped? What do you watch? Are you watching the offensive yeah. line? Or are you watching the secondary? What are you doing?
0: Yeah, and the ball snapped, the first thing I, I look at is the offensive line. I, I look to see if there's any, any breaks, any, anybody coming through, how much time do they have. That's normally whenever – I'm trying to think. Normally whenever Oklahoma has the football, that's kind of my first thing. If Oklahoma's on defense, I guess I kind of do that same thing. But maybe I, I get I, – I think I look more of like the full, the full feel. I don't look as, as in tune with the offensive
1: line. I think a lot of people probably do that when Oklahoma has the ball. They probably watch the line. Yeah, I watch the line too. That's that's sort of what. And then you know, and then my eyes will will drift to the quarterback as he's as he's starting to throw. On defense, yep. I typically I, I'm typically looking at the alignment of the secondary live. Um, yeah, are they are they up close? Uh, what's you know what's the slot corner doing? Where are their safeties? That's that's typically what I'm looking at. It's it's usually not. I usually wouldn't be able to tell you who's in at linebacker defensive line a lot of the time i just i'm generally pretty locked into the secondary all right one final note that i didn't know
0: and it was it was brought up in the discussion about josh ellison i think about transferring did you know grant that Quentin griffin is a running backs coach at blinn college in texas i did not know that i had no idea apparently Quentin griffin was a big reason why josh ellison ended up coming to ou because Obviously, Quentin, big-time OU guy, and uh, he helped them get in contact with the program and told them, yeah, OU's great, go there, and here we are. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Q's coaching. I think he's also the associate head coach. So,
1: I feel like we've gotten, him, you know, I mean, because we're, we're 20, uh, what, 19 years removed now from, I think, Quentin Griffin's last season at OU, and I think he's still really underrated. Uh, he's, he was a great college player. Um, he's, he's a oh, guy yeah. I think would, he's a guy I think would, I mean, would have been perfect for the Lincoln Riley type offense. Uh, they could have done a lot of interesting things with him, but, uh, yeah, if you go back and watch some of his highlights and stuff like that, his, his ability to stay low to the ground and his balance was pretty incredible. And, um, I, I recall, I mean, this is some people may have memory of this, but he, he had some, he he had a handful of big games in the NFL too. Like it wasn't, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like with the, the lions. He, was it the Lions or I thought it was the Broncos?
0: Oh, maybe it was the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I was maybe I thought Lions just because I was because he was little like Barry Sanders and he kind of kind of run like kind of ran like Barry Sanders sometimes. Just yeah, like so bendy and just yeah, kind of like obviously the the stature is easy to to talk about too. All right, so boy, about an hour of uh, news and notes talk. Let's talk spring game and. Uh, Grant has a a hard out at 6 o'clock. We're recording this evening time Tuesday. So we got about 40 minutes to talk about the spring game. That should be more than enough time, I think. Uh, Long-time listeners know that on game weeks, we always tell you what we want to see happen and then what will happen in the upcoming game. And then we go through all of the matchups that we think will help decide uh, the outcome of each game. So obviously for the spring game, there's not a true opponent. So the whole matchup stuff doesn't really apply. But we can definitely tell you what we want to see happen and then... I don't know if we'll do this, but you know what will happen. i that's kind of dumb. It's a spring game. There's not going to be a winner. Well, I guess there technically will be a winner and a loser, depending on the team. Also, real quick, I don't think we've even seen the rosters yet. So I guess kind of kind of annoying. We're recording this before they've announced the spring game rosters. I guess, which I think in the past we've tried to wait, but I just it didn't work out for this week. But whatever, uh, the rosters will come out when they come out. But uh, all right, first off what we want to see happen in this game. And I got a couple questions that can drive the discussion. I think the obvious first one is grant Uh, position groups, which position groups are you most interested
1: to focus on on Saturday? I got two of them and I'll start, I'll start here with the first one. I'm really going to be watching the offensive line. Um, And it's, it's not necessarily about, are they playing well? Are they, you know, how are they in their protections? Are they, are they blocking the GT counter? Well, it's not really that. I'm just going to be looking. You know, what's the rotation? Who is playing where? Um, for instance, is you know, is is Chris Murray? Is he at center? Or is he at right guard? Um, do we see Andrew Raym at center or right guard or at left guard too? Uh, what side of the line is is Anton Harrison playing on? Um, stuff like that. You know, I, I think it's that. That's what I'm always kind of most interested in in the spring game um and i hope i hope everyone plays on the offensive line because i i I think i'm just i i want to see one how athletic those guys are looking right now especially the new guys who are going to come in um and yeah i just i'm I'm really curious just what they're going to do with the rotation because they got a lot of bodies in there for those interior offensive line spots um and i'm just i'm really really interested to see how that shakes out up until september well obviously there'll be
0: two sinners. So I mean Chris Chris Murray's gonna be one of the sinners. Uh, he'll be it's the question is who's the other one gonna be? Is it's gonna be uh, is it gonna be conjol. Is he gonna be the center? I've seen conjol uh, in court?
1: in some of those some of those like photo albums that the OU football account has been tweeting out. So, I saw conjol playing center in one of those.
0: Or yeah, and or is it gonna be um, I'm blanking on the other walk on uh, McIver. McIver yeah uh, McIver I mean he'll I mean they're, they're all going to get reps it's just you know it'll be interesting to see who starts there and I mean Bill Bedenboe will move certain guys around that he that he wants to get in but uh yeah that's a good one I'm glad you brought up the offensive line that was not on my list of positions that I'm going to be watching out for the top of my list it's not even really a position group because we know the starter of this one but to me the most interesting thing about the spring game is going to be what does Caleb Williams look like I I am not interested at all in any sort of Caleb Williams discussion or talk about how he's performing in spring practice. Could not care less. Could not care less. However, when you're going to put him out there in the spring game playing quarterback, I will watch that. I will be able, because I can actually see it. You know, I'm not going to just take your word for it or whatever. Or Lincoln Riley's word for it or Spencer Rattler's word for it. I want to see what he looks like running this offense in the spring game. So this will be the first time in a kind of game situation. We get to see this guy and, I've said before, when I've watched tape of this dude in high school, I must have picked the wrong highlight tapes because 85% of it is him just breaking off 85-yard runs, not throwing the ball. I want to see if this guy can throw it. I, apparently, he can. It sounds like he can. Lincoln Riley said some good things about him the other day. I want to see it. So my number one guy is Caleb Williams. I think it's prob- it'll probably be Spencer Rattler versus Caleb Williams unless they do the whole like seniority thing and they give – the other starting job to the Penn State transfer, I guess, uh, which his name is uh, escaping me right now, Micah Bowens. Yeah, but I mean, he's not. I mean, he's just as new as Caleb Williams is. So, I mean, as far as on the roster. So yeah, I am. I am watching out for Caleb Williams. I am very curious to see how he plays.
1: Glad you brought that up. I'm. You know, I'm also obviously going to be watching him really closely. Um, I yeah. I I've watched more of his tape than you have. I just I I've seen more him just throwing bombs than and and I've seen like the long runs too uh but yeah, I mean the like the most recent tape I've watched of him in high school is just him throwing throwing ball throwing the ball down the field so um all right, geez, i I had something to bring up there, but i i totally it wasn't important it was more of just a as an aside <laughs> all right, I think you said you had two position groups, oh yeah, who's your second one well so are we, are we are we going offense defense here or are we just Whatever I mean. Okay. But yeah. there's No, doesn't matter. Yeah. No, the second one I'm gonna be watching uh, really closely is are the defensive backs. I have D backs written here on there, and I was like, why <laughs> would I be? Why would I make a note about the Arizona Diamondbacks? <laughs> uh, defensive yeah, I got backs. The um, yes. <laughs> but I, yeah, let me. I, I just yeah, just because mo- focusing heavily on the newcomers and the young guys who who haven't gone through spring practice. So guys, you know, obviously in, in the back of my mind, Key Lawrence, Latrell McCutcheon, uh, Josh Eaton, Justin Harrington, and also like Kendall Dennis as well. These are guys that I'm, I'm really interested in seeing because um, these are the guys we, we, we still haven't seen a ton of. Um, and uh, guy with a guy like Josh Eaton, you want to see, has he made any strides with his body at all? Because when we saw him in 2020, he looked pretty skinny, looked pretty skinny out there. Um and and also, you know, I'm I'm I really want to closely watch Kendall Dennis. I I just I have like a weird feeling that he's that he's gonna be something. Um, and so I just I, I just I, I want to watch him play because we haven't seen him at all. We didn't see him at all in 2020. Um, so I also thought about putting the linebackers on there too because I'm I'm curious about if you know if we'll see more of Shane Witter and we can see him on the like this this four two forty apparently runs. Guys like guys gonna <laughs> win a gold medal in the Olympics.
0: <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny i also have the d-backs on my list um it's kind of just like obvious to have them on there because of all the the new young type players i'm not sure if you mentioned this guy was you're going down the list did you mention justin
1: harrington i did it was down my list okay, because yeah. i i i think the chances that he plays are about one percent
0: oh interesting see i i mean i don't know why he wouldn't play uh, i mean we've seen him in spring practice pictures and stuff like that unless he has some sort of recent injury but i mean he's also had a massive
1: plays he's had a massive brace on his leg on his knee you know in every picture i've seen i just i i don't think he should play i I don't think if if they really do think that he's going to be like a a game-changing guy for them next year and he's got a he's got an injury history he should not be playing at all
0: yeah that's a that's a good point because yeah now that you mention it i do remember roy manning when he talked last I think Manning was kind of hinting that, like, yeah, by by the fall is kind of when they're they're hoping that he's pretty much close to 100%. So, okay, you might be on to something there. I was hoping he'd play, but, yeah, maybe he won't. So, if, if he doesn't play, I guess I guess the main defensive back I'll be watching out for is McCutcheon, which you mentioned, uh, just because he's been talked up so much. Uh, and, honestly, after the last week with Justin Broyles being talked up, I'm kind of curious to see if he looks different or better and makes some plays out there. So... Cause he's going to get one snaps probably. I mean, cause there's two free safeties that will be starting. So I'm kind of curious to see what Justin Burroughs looks like, <laughs> which is I'm,
1: all right. And I'm, and also like, I, I think it's, I think it's cool that there's a, there's a possibility because I, I'm assuming that there's going to be five D backs on the field at all times. Like, I think there's like a possibility that all 10 of those that like the 10 that we see the most are all scholarship players, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah. which is interesting. Um, you know woody washington we're not going to see it all but i'm i'm assuming we're going to see plenty of dj graham of um gosh Jaden davis jeremiah Credell. those guys are still there dty um so yeah i mean this is yeah the defensive back group is one of those where it's just like it's it, it kind of feels like that room has been totally turned around quickly um because i mean they were God, they were so bad in, 2008, in 2018. My God, like it was, any, anyone could throw on them that year. It was, it was that bad.
0: All right, so I had uh, on my list, I had uh, quarterback was number one just because Caleb Williams. My second position group was uh, the, def- the, the defensive line, uh, Jalen Redmond. I, I mean, hopefully he plays. I want to see him out there for the first time in a long time. And, and now uh, I want to see what Isaiah Coe looks like. I want to see how strong this guy is. Apparently, he's got the most power. Is he just going to be pushing people off the ball? So uh, the Isaiah Coe, that's interesting to me. Uh, you're good. Like, you're done with your groups, right? I'll, I'll go through my list. If, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, and, and the last one I have on my list, I only had one more, uh, is wide receivers. And it's kind of like the quarterback room. I'm really looking forward to see kind of just one guy. I want to see what Mario Williams looks like because he's been talked up a lot. I want to see what this dude looks like. So I will be keeping an eye out for incoming true freshman Mario Williams.
1: Yeah, I you know, I was going to say before we we moved on from the media availability spot, but I I would say one of I think one of the takeaways of the spring so far, if you're just going by them talking to the media, is that Mario Williams is absolutely going to be a thing this year. Um especially with you going to say the the status of Bridges being up in the air. Um I yeah, I, it's we're hearing from a lot of different people on, on offense and on defense as well that that he makes plays, and he's, he's ready to go, and he's really good. So, yeah, he, he's a guy I'm excited to see. I, I'm glad you brought up Isaiah Coe as well. There's a lot of individual guys I, I'm really curious to see. Uh, Reggie Grimes is one that I'm curious to watch. Uh, Marcus Hicks as well. Um, uh, and, and also guys like Brendan Walker, uh, you know, who have, who I thought was pretty okay last year when he got sort of a cup of coffee. I want to see, does he, does he look any different physically? Um, and then, you know, is how does Clayton Smith look out there physically and athletically, uh, you know, compared to everyone else, stuff like that. Yeah. So there's obviously individual players that I'm, I'm really curious about. Um, I just, I just don't know if they're all going to play. I, for whatever reason, I just, I I really think they're going to be cautious with guys who have been banged up
0: all right next question i have for you is which position group or which player on the roster would you be most disappointed in if on saturday they don't play very well and they're like like oh like that guy didn't have a very good game or that position group didn't play very well which which group or player would disappoint you
1: well i originally wrote down linebackers and that's what i have here um Mostly just because it feels like there's just there's just a lot of really good headlines coming from that group right now. Um, uh, just a lot of really good vibes. I think people starting starting to feel good about, especially where the depth was kind of in the middle part of the decade. Go back to the Rose Bowl season. You, I mean, Kenneth Murray playing middle linebacker was a necessity for the team. Um, I think people are just sort of excited now that there's that they actually have a depth chart there with Asamoah, Guaybu, Deshaun White, Shane Witter. You know, we we bag on Brian Mead a lot, but if he's your fifth linebacker, that's that's really not you bad. bag on him a lot. I I bag on him much. I bag on him. I just yeah. I just
0: choose to I just choose to kind of ignore him.
1: So yeah, I mean, it, so, yeah. it would yeah. be I it, it'd be disappointing to me if you know if the linebackers are are whiffing on tackles and are looking at a position and hmm. and bad. I I don't think they will, but that would be disappointing. But as I as as I was like sort of ramping up to start talking, I thought actually it's. It's got to be wide receivers, isn't it? I mean, if they if they come out and they're dropping a lot of passes and they don't look great, I, I mean, people are are not going to be left with good feelings about that. Uh, it's 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 clear the wide receivers wide receivers were their worst position group last year on the team in, in terms of performance. I don't think so in terms of talent, but in terms of performance, in all likelihood, they were. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't be great for the narrative, wouldn't be great for the old feelings if they come out and just are not impressive or dropping a lot. That's a good
0: one. That's really good. I, you know, the more I think about this, I took a cop-out answer now that I, I look at mine. Uh, I mean, <laughs> basically for me, if uh, we get out there on Saturday and QB1 Spencer Rattler looks bad, then that'll be disappointing because <laughs> it's spring ball and he's really good. So if he's like... Th- missing throws and kind of looks like he's lost and like throws a pick or two like I'll be like oh, what's going on that so I, I took I took Rattler because he's the guy that's stirs the drink as some I'll people be, like to say
1: I don't recall Baker Mayfield once looking good in a spring game in fact I think his very first spring game at OU he was downright putrid so I wouldn't I, I just this is one of those things I, I just I wouldn't read too much into any sort of result that happens or as a good game. It's practice. It's, just, it's a practice. It's just a scrimmage. I'm trying to remember what the
0: 2017 spring game was like. I want was that the one I think he might have thrown like a I think somebody picked him off. I think maybe like Motley picked him off on like a deep a deep post or a, a deep fade or something like that. I, I think it was Motley.
1: Yeah, no, I, I do uh, remember that
0: picked, picked off Baker. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I think he had, I think he played pretty well, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think yours is better wide receiver. That's a good one. And then obviously like, I mean, if the defensive line is just getting like blown off the ball and looks terrible, that would be, I'd <laughs> be like, Oh no, what's going on? Cause they've, that never happened to them. I mean, all last year. So that's another one I think would be pretty good. Um, all right. So, uh, the last kind of thing I had that I was just trying to think of topics. Uh, this is kind of dumb. I don't, I mean, but this could bring out some fun conversation just make a bold prediction of one kind of random player or if you want to be very bold a position group that uh, by Saturday night when the game's over we're all kind of sitting around talking about the spring game and going whoa did did you see that I did not see that coming from that guy or from that position group so what's your bold prediction in that in that question. All right.
1: So I, I think if there's anyone like at the end of the game, if we're talking about them and being like, Oh wow, they were really impressive. I think the most likely people of that are going to be Mario Williams and Caleb Williams. Those are probably the two most likely having that been said. I, I got a bold prediction for you. You can take this one to the bank slam dunk. Ooh. I am like, <laughs> this is, this is about as I have such a high confidence level in this. Brian Darby is going to be the leading receiver by far in this game. And um, I like I don't know if I've ever been more confident in a prediction in my life. Uh, I'm sorry, who? Brian Darby. He's a scholarship player.
2: Hmm.
0: Brian Darby, you're. <laughs> um, okay, so I have mine, but I also kind of want. I just thought of like a a fun joke one that uh, it'd be a, a callback to the 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 most astute West of Everest listeners from like after week one of 2020 so i mean not that long ago but uh man i was pretty high on this guy after week one kind of in a jokey fashion but uh <laughs> ended up not being anything but uh i think after saturday's game we're all going to be sitting around talking about my man running back todd hudson just lighting up the spring game
1: <laughs> i knew that redshirt
0: sophomore I all 5-5 180 of them because he looked great against Missouri State. Let me tell you. He was he was probably the the best hey, the best running back next to Seth McGowan
1: in that game. Hey, Missouri like I I don't know if it's the Missouri Valley, but Missouri State conference champions in D1AA in their spring season. So, no kidding. It's a big deal, wow. everyone. It's a big deal.
0: Um, okay, so that that was my jokey one. My my honestly, that still could be a thing though. But uh, my actual real one is I couldn't think of anybody, and I was like, what's the most random guy that I haven't thought much of this spring but is a guy that could legitimately be a player this year at some point? And so my thought came to the defensive backfield, the D-back, secondary. I'm going to call – I'm going to say Joshua Eaton looks really good on Saturday. He's got the, the size, the length, played a little bit last year. Had pretty high expectations or at least a good pedigree coming into last season. Didn't play a whole lot. Uh, Highly recruited. Supposed to be a good player. And he was kind of like one of the first early corner, big, tall corners that Alex Grinch kind of got. So now that he's had a full season under his belt and a full spring practice under his belt, I'm going to say Joshua Eaton makes us kind of think, man, that guy, he's pretty good. I like seeing that. That's my random prediction.
1: And I think I already sort of alluded to mine on defense. I'll I'll throw Kendall Dennis in there. I think he's going to be the one that people are like, oh, okay. I see you. I see you. Yeah.
0: Ooh, also uh Billy Bowman. I want to see this guy play. Since I'm, we haven't talked about
1: him much for the last couple of weeks, but boy, he got
0: talked up a lot early on in spring.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 curious and anxious to see all the freshmen. Um I I, you know course mostly like with me i'm going to be looking at their bodies see if they're ready to physically play um the word is a lot of them are so um cu- re- yeah r- really curious to see what uh what mario williams looks like out there um it should be fun i oh, or will it though i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh also obviously uh, clayton smith i want to see what clayton smith looks like in that uniform and his super ath- uber athletic body out there and and what I guess he's playing rush end. Ooh, Uh, that's a good point.
1: This is, I mean, this is, this is app. This is a massive deal, especially for the newcomers. What do they look like in their uniform? It's big. I mean, we got a, it's, you got, you got a hell of a standard to live up to with Kenneth Murray. I mean, that guy is, I I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't know if anyone's ever looked better in an OE uniform than that guy did. And uh, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, that could be a, a fun little segment for us. We could, we can rank like our top five guys who just, uh, maybe the, like the top five new guys and how they look in their uniforms, how they wear it. All right. Yeah. Next week on West of Everest, Grant and I will rank some guys.
0: <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> Can't uh, wait. Yeah. Stupid, stupid joke. Um, all right. So this is dumb, but because uh, I, you, you kind of already made this joke last week. Uh, Grant, what's going to happen in the game? And you can go ahead. You can do because I don't want to step on your thing, but like it, it's going
1: to be what? Like we're going to be all excited, but then what? Like, No. Is that we're going to be a joke. Yeah. We're going to be really excited that it's just, it's OU football. It's on the TV. It's like, Oh sweet. The stadium is kind of full. They're on the field. They're playing. And then the game will take over and then people will be looking at their phones. <laughs> uh, yeah, the traditional
0: fan will definitely do that. I'll be at the game and I'll be shooting the game. Hopefully I'll be down uh, field level for the first time since 2019. Cause we haven't been, we didn't get to go field level at all last year. We were allowed to be in the stadium and shoot from up top, which is fine. But, uh, uh getting field level for the first time in more than a year i'm kind of kind of excited for that actually so hopefully i'm able to get down there for that and get some good shots of all these these young new players because we haven't been able to get any of our own video in a while but you guys don't care about that that's kind of like more of an inside baseball thing uh so yeah obviously like i'll be more into it as far as no matter no matter what happens i'll be into it i don't know about you like can you even watch it live
1: well the thing is i'm the, and i think i'm just breaking this you know i'm I'm gonna be in oklahoma so yeah i'll be able to watch it oh
0: oh yeah oh okay cool
1: yeah i'm actually it's well, there you go i i i, I don't i i Are can't you gonna say go to def- the game i'm gonna try yeah um we'll uh yeah a little on-air production meeting here but no i that's it's there could be some scheduling stuff it's it's tough i mean i'm coming from minnesota and i'm driving so we'll see if i get there all in time right. oh cool uh, uh, there you go didn't know that breaking news
0: uh, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's I don't have anything on what's going to happen in the game. Again, we don't even have the rosters yet for who's going against who. So we can't even make a yeah, you I, know like Eddie Radosovich always puts out his uh, his fictional spring game point spread, which he did it earlier this week. And again, we don't have rosters yet. Do we have rosters? Am I missing this? Maybe there are. Rosters. I have not Am seen I rosters.
1: Totally no, I, I haven't seen them. I feel
0: like that would be a big a big thing. Yeah, I definitely have not seen rosters. I just we're yeah, I mean I, it's almost six o'clock on Tuesday, by the way.
1: Yeah, I, I really, I, I really think there's going to be a lot of guys that we don't see. Um, Hazelwood, I don't think we're going to see any of the guys who were injured like at any point of time in 2020. I I think it's doubtful that we see him. Um, I'm curious to see if we see Marcus Hicks coming off the Achilles injury. I mean, I don't know how healthy he is, but it sounds like he's been practicing the entire spring. Yeah
0: um okay so that's all i got uh anything else you want to touch on anything else on your mind we've done a pretty pretty good quick 90 today i kind of pretty like that. tight pretty tight tight, tight when's 90 the,
1: when's the nfl draft
0: it is uh we're recording this on tuesday i believe the draft begins one week
1: from thursday oh okay that's so the same time it always is every year got it cool yeah i believe it's uh april 29th that's the first round not a whole lot so, of draft uh, hot takes on this podcast uh Probably because we don't have a, uh, OU doesn't have a prospective number one pick is is probably the reason reason why. But uh, NFL draft. No, this year uh, I've
0: I've been I've been out on any sort of pre draft discussion. I just I don't find any of it interesting. Yeah, I don't find it.
1: I I haven't really found it that interesting either. Um, The uh, I just yeah the whole the kind of the quartet of quarterbacks. I just I don't think are that interesting actually. And um but also, I mean, I, the NFL, the first round of the NFL draft on a Thursday night in primetime is is legitimately one of the best pieces of television in the year. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's great TV. I'm so excited. I'm going to I'm going to like probably get like a delicious meal and sit down and watch it. It's just going <laughs> to it's going to be great. Yeah, I think the
0: the big. Reason why I'm just kind of out on a lot of it is some of the biggest name quarterbacks are guys that I honestly haven't seen a whole lot of snaps from. I mean, the guy I've watched the most is Fields. I didn't see much at all from uh Zach Smith. Is that the BYU quarterback? Is that even his name? I I think so, right? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wow. I mean, like I've seen his like pro day stuff. Like for the longest time, I thought he was like kind of a smaller guy, like a Baker Mayfield size, but I guess he's not. I guess he's like big, six four, like so I mean he's like your prototypical quarterback, and it sounds like what well, like everyone thinks uh, Zach Wilson. Oh Zach uh, Wilson, another <laughs> a, a, another generic name. I mean Smith Wilson, whatever. Uh, so yeah, I, I haven't watched him play really at all. I haven't seen Trey Lance play a one snap, not a one snap. And uh, I mean obviously uh, Mac Jones. Like I can't believe that Mac Jones is even being discussed as a first round draft pick. I, but then again, I guess I didn't watch a lot of Alabama. Maybe, maybe I'm way off base there. And there's what? There's two other guys that are supposed to be potential first round who am I missing? Oh, geez, I don't know. Mac Joe.
1: That's that's the only Fields. ones I thought of.
0: I mean, I've heard people talk about how there could be up to like six quarterbacks in the first round. I was
1: like, is like Jamie Newman one of those guys? I don't know. Like, I know he's in the draft. I don't. Um. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah, this is why I haven't been looking at it a lot. Um. The whole Mac. So I'm after josh allen
0: oh oh trevor lawrence obviously but well why. yeah I, mean, I, t- I just he's thought number one yeah. he's the number one pick
1: um i just after josh allen i i'm i'm just generally not comfortable making predictions on quarterbacks anymore um i josh allen when i is was a really bad college football player um and he is i think currently probably the third best quarterback on planet earth right now um i you know so i'm I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I, I know in terms of like how impressive they were in college, Mac Jones is extremely impressive. Um, But also I, I, there's yeah, the guys he was playing with a ton of first round receivers, a lot of first round picks on the offensive line, but it's undeniable that he dropped a lot of dimes, dro- a lot of dimes made, made some inner made some NFL throws this year. And I like, I don't, I think, I don't think it's as crazy as, taking Mac Jones over Justin Fields as some people are are saying um like if I was making the decision I'd probably still go with Fields just because he is an elite athlete um and I'm not sure and I'm not sure that's the case about Mac Jones but in terms of like getting the ball out on time um in rhythm uh accurately Mac Jones is probably I you know I really like Trevor Lawrence, but like he's Mac Jones has better numbers than Trevor Lawrence was asked to make more difficult throws than Trevor Lawrence. Um, that Trevor Lawrence is, is way better than Mac. Jo- I, I wouldn't. So I'm not saying that I just, I Mac Jones was super impressive. You you can't look at his numbers and a lot of his tape this year at Alabama and not come away thinking, well, that guy's good. So like I, Andy Dalton was almost a first round pick and he was a, he's like a, Andy Dalton was a, a slightly above average start in the NFL for about a decade. Mac Jones is better than Andy Dalton. I know that for sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't have any strong thoughts on him because, I, again, I didn't watch a whole lot of
0: Mac Jones. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's Mayfield's class. You know, I'd watched so much of those guys. I'd watched so much of Darnold, so much of Lamar Jackson, so much, I guess not so much of Josh Allen, but like what I, because he wasn't on TV a whole lot. And then obviously a ton of Baker. And then uh, I also watched a lot of Josh Rosen, too. So, I mean, I just had a lot more solid opinions on those guys. But uh this I mean I, I like Lawrence a lot. Um it's just he can do all he can do all the things. Um, but it, it's all I mean I think with Mac Jones and like with really any quarterback, it's gonna depend on where they go. I mean are they going they go to a good coach. I mean it's Sam Darnold was kind of behind the eight ball from the beginning. Anybody that was gonna be drafted by the Jets when Adam Gase was their head coach was going to be behind the eight ball. He's not a good coach. He never has been a good offensive coach. I don't know why he's been thought of. Well, I do know why, because Peyton Manning one time said something good about him. And that's that all of a sudden put him in this stratosphere. And then people would argue that, oh, he he was the coach when Jay Cutler had his best year. Uh, I mean, okay, like, I guess kind of. But Jay Cutler's best year still wasn't very good. His numbers aren't great. So what? Uh, So Adam Gase has never been a good coach. So, I mean, if Baker would have gone to the Jets, Baker would be a mess right now. I mean, he would be an absolute mess. I, I think, I mean, so I, I don't know why we're I guess I got one on a rant about, about Adam Gase, but
2: that I was guess a the point
0: is I don't have as many. That yeah, was a big deal. I, I just don't the, have as many. Yeah. Uh, but I mean him, I guess if we're going to talk Darnold, I mean him going to Carolina with Joe Brady and Matt Rule. I mean, can you go from a like what an incredible jump from Adam Gase to those two coaches, Matt Rule and Joe Brady? I mean, that's, that is the definition of night and day. I'm sorry. I mean, Matt Rule is very clearly a very good coach and Joe Brady knows his, knows offense. That guy knows offense definitely. So, oh, yeah. Carolina moved the ball
1: last year. Definitely. And they got, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Christian McCaffrey played in like three games, I think last year, something like that. Uh, Yeah. Lee is, (laughs) Lee is just like, oh, God. Yeah. We, we drafted him first overall or second overall in our fantasy league and we got, we got three, three, three games from him. But, I mean, like Robbie Anderson is there. I think Curtis Samuel is, is with the Washington football team now. I don't think he's there anymore, Uh, but they still have, what is it? Is it um, uh, DJ Moore? So we got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to find out definitively on Darnold whether or not he's got it. He's, he's going to a pretty good situation, I think in Carolina relatively speaking. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, is it, I've, I'll pose the question to you. When do we when do we spike the football on this podcast? When do we do it <laughs> <laughs> about ab, ab, about uh, well, the 2018 I mean, I, draft?
0: Well, I think people would point out that people would probably say, oh, well, we're, where were you on Lamar Jackson? He's been the best guy or whatever. And, you know, go, back and back that- go back and listen to the shows go back. Listen to the shows. I said I would have taken Lamar. I, I, I ranked Lamar
1: Jackson were, as the second best yeah. quarterback in that class.
0: Yeah, you liked Lamar a lot more than I did. I, I wasn't a big Lamar guy. I, I'm still standing by that I think over time it'll prove that Lamar was mostly a flash in the pan because of his skill set. It's up to him. I mean, he's going to have to become a better passer. He ha- he hasn't yet. Um, he's had flashes of, like, random games where it's like, how do you make that throw? But it hasn't been consistent. Uh, and so yeah, that's and my that's thing on Lamar he's- Jackson. He's, he's been a lot better than I thought he would, but he went to a team that embraced what he does really well, and they've made him into what he is. So credit to Baltimore what sorry what, what were you going to say
1: I guess yeah I, I I was banking on Lamar Jackson's like elite athleticism I, I I think there's there's a pretty decent argument to be made that he's the best athlete in the NFL um, and I think there was probably a decent argument to be made going into the NFL as a rookie he was instantly the best athlete in the NFL when he stepped in there and I just I just kind of thought that would work um it, it turned out that he went to a really a, a good franchise the ravens are historically good they have good ownership they've always had good drafts um and they like they they're really committed to the bit you're right i mean they they completely tailored their offense to his skill set and so uh, yeah I, I i think the jury is uh it's kind of unfair to say the jury is still out on lamar jack he won an mvp uh, you know that's that yeah, that's, but so did cam newton so did cam newton i mean, I mean yeah, that's a good point. And he's done nothing really
0: since then. So it's just because he, he never evolved his game. He never became a, a really good passer. And he was also and he, he used super a lot of banged up, the, too. Well, I mean, a big reason is because he always ran. He ran the ball a lot, and he took a lot of punishment over the years. Uh, but uh, and, and I was wrong about Rosen. I, I liked Rosen. I, I, you could make the same kind of argument with him when it comes to he's never been in a good spot. But if he was good enough in Arizona, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have thought the need to, to draft Kyler Murray right after they drafted him. You know, if he was a good enough player. So I, I think I was wrong about Josh Rosen. I, I liked him. I think I liked I like Baker. My my ranking in that draft was Baker, Darnold, Rosen. I liked, I liked Rosen, and then after that, for me, it was kind of like Lamar, Josh Allen, like wherever, whatever you kind of want to do. So and I was wrong about that. I mean, obviously wrong about Rosen, but. Um, I think I was Baker, Anyways.
1: Lamar, Darnold, Rosen, and Allen. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I mean, I was emphatic about Josh Allen, though. So, I mean, I, I, I have to eat that one, clearly.
0: I actually went back and listened to some of those podcasts recently. And the thing about Josh Allen was like, oh, I, I think we were, at the time we were talking about, I think once they got drafted, uh, maybe I'm... I know we talked about this at some point, but that was when Brian Dayball was there. Or maybe we were doing we were looking ahead to like the draft, we were looking at the offensive coaches on these potential teams that could draft certain guys, and we were going over like the Jets and the Browns and the Bills with Brian Dayball. And Brian Dayball is unproven. I mean, he was coming from Alabama, who, I mean, had a good offense, but I don't, they, they, weren't, they weren't what they were the last couple of years where they've been just great with Tua and everything like that. So obviously Brian Dayball is a fantastic offensive coordinator and will probably be a head coach one day if he wants to be. Um, so I mean, that's obviously factored. I mean, Brian Dayball has made Josh Allen Josh Allen, and at the time in twenty eighteen, there's no way of knowing that he'd be that good of a coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, you gotta I mean, you gotta give some credit to Josh Allen too. You know, it's mm. nope, all Brian Dayball, all Brian Dayball, <laughs> all him. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And we don't need to go too much into it, but just to relitigate it a little bit, my my knock on Allen essentially was if he came to the NFL and he just automatically became an accurate passer. He would pretty much be the first person to ever do that in the history of the league. Um, you just, you just, you don't, you're not an inaccurate passer, and then just become an accurate passer. That there's that just doesn't really happen at the quarterback position, and it happened with Josh Allen. So you know, I. I so now it's possible for anybody, right? I mean, the, it's the precedent's been set. But like, also, I I feel like you have to be careful with that because it's very, very possible that Josh Allen is just the outlier. Yeah because i mean we I mean, know because we, we know we've seen him play yeah and we've we've seen him play now and we know that i mean he is a he is an elite elite level athlete so like it's like his athleticism serves him extremely well in the league it's just his his ability to to fit to fit balls into tight windows is 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 something that i'm it's a little unbelievable to me how good he's gotten at that um, because really i it, very clearly was was in an offense at wyoming that that just was not good for him whatsoever that's that's pretty obvious
0: all right i think that's enough of that so the the biggest the diehards of west of everest will have enjoyed the last 10 to 15 minutes of us randomly talking about football meat sandwich yeah uh All right, so that does it for us today. Again, I will be in Norman on Saturday for the game. Uh, Maybe Grant will be too. We'll see. Uh, I'm hoping the weather, I think the weather right now, the forecast is supposed to be pretty good, low 70s. So, all right, I'll take that. And uh, hopefully the weather is great. Hopefully it's a fun event, yeah. And uh, we'll be back next next week to talk all about it. So until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest.